politics, sports, movies. You are listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm the host of the show. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking the show out. If you're a return listener, thanks for coming back and continuing to listen. The show is available on the following apps. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you listen to the show using one of these apps, please click subscribe, and this will allow you to receive notifications when new episodes are uploaded. You can also listen to episodes on the show's Facebook page, which can be found by searching for Let Me Bend Your Ear. Episodes are also available on the show's YouTube channel. Just search for Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. This podcast covers three different topics, politics, sports, and movies. Each episode is dedicated to one of these topics. You can also follow the show on social media. The handle for Twitter is at BendYourEarPod. This is also the handle for Instagram. If you want to email the show, the email is BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. If you're not using a podcasting app to listen to the show, you can always get episodes directly from the website, which is located at www.letmebendyourear.com. Looking forward to discussing this particular film. Uh, As I've done this podcast, I've uh, done movie reviews. It's been basically a movie podcast over the last few episodes. And frankly, I'm okay with that. Uh, Movies is my number one passion. So I'm glad to do it. I'm going to try to start. I have been over the last few months, and if you've heard some of the episodes of the podcast, I've been reviewing movies that I've purchased uh, from the Criterion Collection. So this is going to be my commercial for Criterion, even though they're not a sponsor of the podcast. But I can't recommend Criterion Collection uh, highly enough. If you are a fan of films, uh, old films, more contemporary films, uh, there's no better way to collect them if you're a collector of them is through the Criterion Collection. Uh, just to give you a quick story, uh, the movie I'm going to be reviewing tonight is In the Heat of the Night, the 1967 film starring Sidney Poitier and Rod Steiger, uh, directed by Norman Jewison. Uh, before I get into that, though, just a quick story regarding Criterion. So if you're not familiar with what the Criterion Collection does, is they curate uh, films from all different eras, different directors from around the world. Uh, that are considered, I don't know the word classic is the the right word, um, critically acclaimed films uh, of different genres, offbeat films, well-known films. It's got a great mix of films that they curate. What makes Criterion Collection so great, and they've been around since the era of Laserdisc, so we're going back to the uh, mid-80s when Laserdisc was the alternative to VHS, Uh, Because kind of like DVD or Blu-ray now, that was the superior uh, picture quality to to obviously to VHS, which of course can degrade over time. Uh, But I was watching In the Heat of the Night in preparation for this podcast and my son comes into the room and he sits down and he's wondering what I'm looking at. So he's asking me and I tell him, uh, yeah, I'm watching In the Heat of the Night. So he's like, oh. So he watches for a few minutes as I'm watching the movie and taking notes. And then he asked me, he goes, when was this movie made? And I said, oh, it's uh, from 1967. And the look on his face is of shock. Uh, he was like, wow, it doesn't doesn't look like it was made in 1967, uh, which I think is a great testament to the quality of the transfer. So uh, what you get with a Criterion disc is 
a high quality transfer, a high quality sound transfer and video transfer. And the print on here, as it is in most of the Criterion movies, is beautifully done. It's cleaned up, remastered. It looks fantastic. And like I said, for my son to make the comment that uh, it doesn't it doesn't look like a film from 1967 is, a, I think, an ultimate compliment of what Criterion does. So that's my short little spiel on that. So if you collect Criterion's or if you haven't heard of it or are looking to collect older movies, I would definitely seek out criterion uh what they have and and if there's a movie there you enjoy i highly recommend you purchase those discs if you're a collector of movies uh so again uh, we're going to be reviewing in the heat of the night this film came out in 1967 again it stars Sidney poitier and rod steiger now this movie is a murder mystery and in a lot of ways it's a a standard murder mystery and i don't mean that as a criticism because uh, the mystery within this film is actually pretty good uh, but I think what gives the film its heft and its weight and what made it such a critically acclaimed film is the racial undertone. So obviously in 1967, uh, we were in the midst of uh, some serious racial unrest. Obviously the following year in 1968, you had both the murders of Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy and the resulting riots after the assassination of uh, Dr. King. So this film came out in 1967, so the main plot is uh, set in Sparta, Mississippi, where there is a murder, uh, a body is found in the city of Sparta. This is late in the evening, and then at the same time you have a black man at a train station waiting to get a connecting train, uh, well-dressed black man, um, money in his pocket, wallet full of money, waiting for his train. So the sheriff of Sparta, Bill Gillespie, played by Rod Steiger, uh, happens upon this black man and thinks he is a suspect. So obviously in 1960 South, you have a violent crime that's committed. Uh, so it's not, you know, obviously the initial suspects is going to be someone that's not familiar to the town and a person of color. So obviously not a surprising turn of events there. Uh, he's brought into the police station and questioned, and ultimately Gillespie finds out that this gentleman is actually a homicide detective from the city of Philadelphia who's passing through. Uh, so once they clear that up, he's looking to get out of town as quickly as possible. But as the police are starting to investigate the murder that happened that evening, uh, Virgil Tibbs, the police officer, the homicide detective, Obviously, can't help but overhear what's going on and more specifically hear the not very good police work that's being done and starts to offer suggestions and and feedback. Uh, specifically, Sparta really doesn't have a medical examiner. They really don't have any forensics team. They really don't have a scene photographer uh, in a good scene in the movie. They basically have a local kid take the photographs of the crime scene of the body so it's a pretty amateurish operation. So as Virgil offers more information, more tips, uh, asks some very pointed questions about the body and about how long the body's been at the scene, uh, Gillespie, even though obviously he has no desire to take any advice from uh, anyone outside, especially a black man, can't help but notice and uh, see his expertise and reluctantly tries to get him to stay and the the beginning of the film is pretty funny in the sense that 
uh, about 20 minutes is, is spent with Virgil trying to get out of town as quickly as possible. But as the investigation continues, uh, he's finding himself staying at the behest of Gillespie, even though Tubbs wants to leave. Gillespie wants him to leave, but this case has kind of superseded both of their issues to uh, make him stay and continue to assist. And early on in the film, Virgil actually helps exonerate the first suspect, or actually the second suspect, after Virgil himself. Uh, so as the movie unfolds, uh, you get to see you know, questioning, interrogation. That's where it becomes kind of the standard murder mystery in the sense that, you know, it kind of goes through its paces. Again, that's not as, that's not a criticism. It's just that this is how these movies go. But again, what sets this movie apart from a standard murder mystery is the undercurrent of class and race in this film. So as Virgil is going around with, with Gillespie and they're questioning potential suspects or citizens, of course, the people of Sparta are, are all taken aback by what what this black man is doing, asking them questions. And, and one really poignant scene when he goes to, they go to a local businessman uh, that may have had dealings with a deceased man to question him. Uh, obviously, he's a virulent racist. And in one of the most famous scenes uh, in the film, uh, the man slaps Virgil and then Virgil slaps him back. And the man goes to Sheriff Gillespie and said, there used to be a time when the old sheriff was here that of a black man slap me, they would bring out a posse and hunt him down and kill him. So that undercurrent of, of violent racism is always at the forefront of the movie. And I think, like I said, it adds a, a dimension that uh, gives the movie a lot more weight than it would normally have. Another thing about the movie that actually surprised me in a really good way was I liked how both characters, the Virgil Tibbs character and the Bill Gillespie character, uh, go through their own growth in the movie. So uh, Bill Gillespie is not presented as some kind of uh, cop in a racist town that's really not racist. Uh, he's a racist. He's got issues with black people just like anyone else in the town. But he's pragmatic enough because like with any small town things, there's some political pressure to solve this murder, specifically from the widow of the murder victim who basically threatens the sheriff that if this murder is not solved, uh, they will pull the business that he was there to perform, which is to build a plant in that town, which of course would create a bunch of jobs. So the political pressure that's brought to bear through the mayor to Gillespie kind of motivates him to probably be a little more open-minded to Virgil's uh, assistance that he would have been otherwise. But I think also, and this is a, a tribute to Rod Steiger's performance as well, you can see how he actually, I think, has always wanted to solve the murder, uh, being just being a cop. And regardless of where that comes from, even if he has to deal with someone he would normally have no desire to deal with, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a very good performance, and you can see that uh, as, they, uh, as the characters go through their paces in the movie. And then from the perspective of Virgil Tiz, played by Cindy Poitier, of course, the, 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 the wonderful actor, um, he actually... And not to give away too much in the movie, there's actually uh, a scene where he is almost sure he knows who the murderer is because this particular person struck him as someone that was uh, had the potential to commit this murder due to his racist beliefs. And then he comes to find out, you know, that he was basing too much of his investigative theory on a bias and 
it was uh, kind of great to see both characters kind of evolve through the movie, even though it's set over a short period of time. In the search for the truth, they find out kind of their own truths, and I think this movie does a really good job of doing that. And the actual mystery itself is actually half is is pretty good. So it it kind of throws you in a couple of different directions, like any good murder mystery uh, would. So when you find out ultimately what happens, it did. It's not something that you see coming from the beginning of the movie. So the movie does a, a good job of that. And like I said, the performances of Portier and uh, and Rod Steiger are fantastic. Steiger won an Oscar uh, for his portrayal of Bill Gillespie. And the picture won Best Picture. One interesting little side note. Um, me, if you've listened to this podcast over any length of time, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big movie nerd. I'm a proud movie nerd. And one thing I always did when I watched movies until I, what I do to this day, television movies, is I always look at the credits. So the credits that no one else cares about when, when you watch movies. And unfortunately now in, in the 70s and 80s when I was watching movies when I was really young, credits – open the film so you have the movie the credits and then the movie would start so obviously that trend is gone so basically most of the time whether it's a superhero movie or even just regular um narrative films you get it goes into the action so you get the opening with whoever the movie company is and act and then the movie starts and then either you get credits after the movie's in for a period of time or you don't get credits to the end of the movie but uh, i always loved i always would look at uh a couple of main things I would look at um, who produced the film, who wrote the film, who shot the film, and who directed the film. And that's always something to me that's just something that's always I've always gravitated to. Again, hence uh, the title of movie nerd that I proudly wear. But in, in the heat of the night, I found it very interesting. Uh, uh, there's a associate editor, I think is this credit on the film, but it's actually Hal Ashby, uh, which surprised me. So if you're not familiar with his work, Hal Ashby was one of the most acclaimed directors of the 70s. And actually, as I go through this podcast and continue to review more movies, I'm going to start to get um, what other podcasts call blind spots or classic films that I've never seen before. This is why in the heat of the night I'm doing here. I've never seen this film. Uh, obviously, it's a classic, so I was glad I was probably able to see it. And Hal Ashby, actually, um, I've never seen any of his films. And I know he's directed some of the great 70s movies. So he directed The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson and Randy Quaid. He directed Shampoo with Warren Beatty. He directed Coming Home with John Voight and Jane Fonda. And then the one that I think I'm probably going to see first, which is um, his most unusual movie from what I've heard in other podcasts and read, is Being There with Peter Sellers. So that's probably the one I'm going to look at uh, from his work first. But he worked as an associate editor on this film and was very close to the director of this movie, Norman Jewison, who also is one uh, of the directors I appreciate their work. He's known for directing this film, a great 80s movie called A Soldier's Story, which actually has a, a large black cast based on the soldier's play. Uh, Denzel Washington, early performance. Howard E. Wallace is the star of the film. He also directed Moonstruck, the classic romantic comedy with Cher, Nicolas Cage, and Danny Aiello. Uh, so Jewison has done a lot of great work, made a lot of great movies. So they were very, very close friends. So it was interesting to see the how Ashby um, worked on this particular movie. Now, um, the film itself, like I said, great movie, great performances. Uh, the reasons to watch this movie is is the two lead performances. And like I said, the murder mystery is really good. Uh, the cinematography is good. There's actually a great shot uh, where they're early in the film where they're chasing a suspect. And it's a starts with a very long shot, I mean, from way back. And the camera zooms all the way slowly in as the suspect is running across a bridge 
all the way in one continuous zoom in uh, to a close-up, just a very cinematic moment in the movie, uh, one that really impressed me a lot. So uh, In the Heat of the Night, I highly recommend. It's a, it's a very good murder mystery. Like I said, the undercurrent of, of racism, uh, especially in the South, is present in the movie. And like I said, the characters, both of Gillespie and Virgil Tibbs, are both flawed people, both people with faults, both people with character. But again, like I said, the the racist character of Sheriff Gillespie is not um, sugarcoated in any way. Uh, and like I said, he's pragmatic and having Tibbs help him. But at the end of the day, they want to solve this murder. And Tibbs, of course, looking to get out of there as quickly as possible because obviously he's in a place that he's not welcome. But his instinct and his duty as a police officer, you can see shine through and it becomes his mission to solve this murder because that's what he does and that's what he's good at. And like I said, the the, the several people in the town uh, give good performances. There's not any huge actors of note in there um, that you would know. Um, but uh, again, very good performance, very good atmospheric film, good music. Uh, and like I said, the cinematography is great. So I highly recommend In the Heat of the Night. Like I said, I've got it on Criterion. You can purchase it if you want to keep the movie. I believe the movie's available for rental on streaming services. I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free. Uh, so I don't think you're going to find it that way. So you'd have to purchase it and or rent it. Uh, but again, I would highly recommend it if you're a fan of murder mysteries and 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 films from that period. This is definitely a good one. So based on that review, I'm going to give In the Heat of the Night four Van Goghs out of five. Thank you for listening to the show. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or any other app, please take a moment to rate and review. This is a quick and easy way you can help the show attain a higher profile in searches when people are seeking out new podcasts. Another way you can help raise the profile of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard or you think a friend might like it is to share the episode on your social media. This is another easy way to help the show reach a wider audience. The podcast is available on the following apps. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. The show is also available on both YouTube and Facebook. Episodes can also be downloaded directly from the website at www.letmebendyourear.com. If you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope everyone has a great week.